Hi, y'all. It's Angela. I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled, and I am so excited to be talking with the lead planner and the owner of Moxie Bright Events, and she's got some really good stuff for us today. Even if you're not a planner or you're not in events, but you're an entrepreneur and you own a business, you can really have a great takeaway because today she's going to talk to us about how being involved in the community, how associations, how serving on boards, which we all know are voluntary positions, people. However, if you position yourself in the right associations and on the right boards and you're there to make a difference by giving value, but also getting value and being open to learning, it can really help grow your business and actually skyrocket your business. There's one association that I am, I've been in for, I think going on eight years now and the way that it has helped me grow my business around the world and just my mindset, I'm like forever thankful for them because without that association, I would not be where I am today. And I would probably like be working at Apple because I don't think I would be in business anymore with, with a leadership mindset because it's hard to be an entrepreneur. It's hard to run your own business and deal with people and personalities. And so I'm excited to bring Renee Tallow on. Thank you so much for being here, Renee. How are you? I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on your show. Yay. I'm so excited to chat with you because I know you have great, great nuggets for our audience. And But before we even jump in and talk about associations and boards and how you even start down that pathway of getting involved, like take us back. Where did you start? How did you get into the industry? How did you know that you wanted to like run your own business? Was it something that you grew up around or really what does that pathway look like for how you got to where you are today? Welcome to Business Unveiled, the podcast designed to help you thrive in the creative community. Here's your host, events and productivity consultant, Angela Profit. What's up, GSD leaders? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Business Unveiled, where we share expert tips and secrets from top creative industry professionals. You know we're going to take you behind the scenes of our experiences, share with you what we've learned from them, and how it's made us stronger. Because no one said it's easy owning a business, right? But it's a lot more fun when you've got a strong support team around you. And that's exactly what we do at GSD Creative. We're right there by your side. And I'm so excited that you've chosen this podcast to take the first step in growing a productive, profitable, and successful, wildly successful business within the hospitality and creative industry. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Wave. Wave is an awesome app that we started to use to create Instagram teasers for the Business Unveiled podcast. You can share your audio on social media and it's super stylish. So turn your podcast or your musical audio into engaging animated videos. And again, you can share them on all the different platforms. Audio is really the new secret to social media 
It's a little weapon in your back pocket. And Wave gives you the power to leverage the audio content to create social videos that drive more reach and engagement around your brand and your content. It's awesome for promoting episodes, highlighting guests, and sharing show clips. Give it a try, bit.ly slash A-P-Wave, W-A-A-V-E. So it's funny, I'm not from a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. I am, I'm from a family of people who work in offices for big corporations. So like my mom was like a working girl style secretary in the 80s, you know, with her business suit and her sneakers. Um, and my dad is a salesman, uh, also always working for huge companies like IBM and Oracle. Um, so entrepreneurial like vision was like so not in my line of sight ever. But I did grow up in New York City. And it's funny, I thought the other day, I was thinking back to my childhood, and I remember uh, there was a period of time, some summer, I think I was bored, where I decided I was going to paint on t-shirts and sell them to my neighborhood. That's awesome. And, and so I did that. And I remember th- like now thinking back to my parents being like, why didn't they tell me? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, no <laughs> one's going to buy t-shirts from a child. But you know what? People did, because I am the daughter of a salesperson. Um, yep. And I think that was the first time when I look back that I was like, oh, I always did have some part of me that thought like, I'm just going to do it myself. Um, and that is so my personality. But um, in between the selling t-shirts to my neighborhood in Brooklyn and now, um, I was actually an actor. So I did professional musical theater in New York. Yeah. For several years. Um, And so, you know, I grew up in New York city and I always tell people like, people always say like, what's that like? And I'm like, well, it's like growing up anywhere else. You think that your town is the way everyone else lives, even though your town might be like Brooklyn, New York. Right. (laughs) And I know that's like a weird perspective because people are like, but you lived in New York city. I was like, yeah, but I didn't know anything else. So it just felt like normal, you know? Yeah. So I did musical theater for a while in New York and and what that means when you're doing it on a professional level, unless you're on Broadway, which I never unfortunately got to perform on Broadway, but it means that you're basically on the road all the time. You're living out of a suitcase. You are on the road for nine months at a time, hopefully, um, unless your contract is shorter, but you're not really in New York a lot. And then when you are, you're immediately getting a job in hospitality or, or whatever your sustenance job is because, you know, you're waiting for that next gig. And that's exactly what my life was for many years in my 20s in New York. I would book a gig. I would be out of town. I'd come back and be like, okay, what restaurant am I going to work at? Now, because I'm from New York and I think in some level, my standards are a little higher for hospitality. I got to work in some really good fine dining restaurants. And so that background of professional theater where we're pulling into a city and creating a show in one day, you know, we're putting up, I didn't put up the set, but the set would get put up, we would perform and then we'd tear it all down and move on plus the fine dining hospitality New York City level, those two things really informed what I'm doing now because I use all of that all the time as a wedding planner. Um, The shortest version of this is that I I left New York, moved to LA, really just wanted to change of pace, wanted to not live out of my suitcase anymore and got a job at a restaurant that happened to have banquet spaces on the second floor. So I leveraged my fine dining uh, into this, opening this restaurant, Eventually, they put me upstairs in banquets, and I started planning all the events up there, including weddings. At that same time of my life, all of my friends were getting engaged. So, uh-huh. and most of them were actors in LA who didn't have a ton of money. So, there was a lot of like, you seem good at this. Can you help me? <laughs> and I could, and I did. And then before I knew it, you know, um, I'd planned my first wedding 13 years ago now. 
but I didn't open my business until about uh, six and a half years ago, uh, because in the middle there, I was doing it as a hobby, and I, I didn't quite realize that what I, like that I was building something. You know, I kept thinking yeah. like, well, this is something I'm doing on the side while I'm pursuing acting over here. And then once I got married, my wedding planner, who uh, Joe and I got married in Philadelphia because we wanted to go back to the East Coast, and he's from Philly area. Uh, my wedding planner said, I don't know why you're not a wedding planner in Los Angeles. And I said, well, because I live in Los Angeles, it's like a thousand wedding planners. Plus Mindy Weiss is in my market. Like, who am I to compete with Mindy Uh Weiss? And she was like, it doesn't matter. First of all, you're not going to compete with Mindy. And second of all, who cares if there's a million of you? And it was that, it was, it was so simple, right? It's such a simple thing. And you think it sounds so dumb to have someone say like, so who cares? But knowing me and my personality, that's what I needed. I needed someone to say, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. You could, you're good at this. You should be doing it. Right. Very quickly after that, I did. That's amazing. And then, so I think, I think you spoke because we have a common friend in common, Megan. Yes. And did, did you speak at Wedding MBA? I did. So my first time at Wedding MBA was in 2018. Yes, okay. that was my first time. And then last year, I, uh, this past year, I guess a few months ago, I spoke twice. So it was, it was great. I like wedding MBA. The energy there is really cool. Yeah, I think you spoke right after me, like on the main stage. Because yes. I, I taught True Colors. Yes. And then I sat in the very back and watched you. And something that you said was so funny. You're like, all of you people on Instagram that say, uh, I did this little thing and you're like, stop saying that. Like the shit we do is not a little thing. It's a big fucking deal people and pressure that is on us. So not that like this was, we were going to talk about this, but when I started to like hear you talk, I'm like, I got to ask her about this and which I've heard it, but will you share it? Like with the people that are listening? Yeah. So many people are really big into Instagram. Oh yeah. Like stop downplaying it. So just, if you'll share a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. It's actually (laughs) one of my newer pet peeves. Oh, cool. (laughs) So I'm glad glad you asked about it. So, okay. So there's the thing on social media and I'm sure, I know you've seen it and you've heard me talk about it. And for those Mm -hmm. of you listening, I'm sure either you've done it or you've seen it. You will see, um, and I'm going to make a generalization here, but you will see another female business owner uh, post about something awesome that they accomplished or something that happened to them. And they will post it with the, co- with the uh, caption of, I did a thing. Mm-hmm. Or we did a thing if it's their business, right? They'll post this beautiful tablescape that's completely over the top and gorgeous and perfect. And they'll say, I did a thing. <laughs> and it's, oh, it just bothers me on so many levels because basically what it, I I understand why we use it. It's supposed to be funny. It's like a little humble brag, you know, like, oh, this little thing. And you want someone to be like, oh my God, that's amazing. It's not a little thing, except here's what ends up happening. When you are the person posting the beautiful work or the accolade or whatever it is that you've received, and you start by saying, oh, I just did this little thing. It's no big deal. You're subconsciously training the person who's reading it to undervalue you. Exactly. And Overall, it just presents this posture, this societal, like generational posture that women should make themselves as small as possible to not take up as much space. Mm-hmm. And I literally, with every fiber of my being as a woman in this world, like disagree with that on a, on a cellular level. We should be taking up as much space as possible. And if we don't start taking ownership of our successes, no one's ever going to give that to us. No one's ever going to say, 
Angela, you've been at your business for a while. You know what? Now you can call yourself a CEO. You've earned it. No one's going to come at you externally and say that. Mm-hmm. So if you do something well, awesome, also- if you win an award, if you're designing yeah. something amazing, it's your like duty as a woman in this world to say, I did this thing and maybe it took me a long time to get this good at it. Or maybe I worked really hard at it and we deserve to receive this feedback, this positive feedback. So I did a thing needs to go away immediately because it's not serving anyone. No. And like you said, especially in our industry, because people think that we just like create glitter bombs and like fly around like fairies. And it's like, shit is not always perfect people. And they're, it's a big deal. And so, yeah, like, and, and it is, it's totally devaluing those of us who do, like eat, live, breathe shit events. And it's like how we make a living and it's mm-hmm. a business. Oh, yeah. So when I wanted to get up and like stand on the table and cheer and be like, yes, yes. <laughs> like stop saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, <laughs> I, I know I'm with you. Every time I see I did a thing, it, it takes everything in my power to not just like have like my thumbs furiously texting, like, take this down, rewrite this caption. You can yeah. do better than this. You're amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah, like seriously, seriously. So, I mean, clearly you have a, a leadership voice like in this space. And so some of the organization, like what was the first organization that you actually got involved in? And oh. how did it change your, your business? So first was Rising Tide. Uh, in all honesty, the reason I got involved with Rising Tide is because uh, they were in a period of expansion. This was like four years ago almost. Yeah, it was four years ago. And they wanted to expand to LA. They had someone in, well, sort of in LA, not really, who said, I'll do LA. And she named it you know, Tuesdays together, Los Angeles, but she was in the Inland Empire, which if you're not familiar with LA, that could be like a two hour drive. Oh, And so she kept reaching out to me, asking me to come to the meetup, but it was like Tuesday at noon. And I was like, Christina, I can't, I can't take four hours out of my workday to like, why, why are you so far out of LA? And she's like, well, that's where I live. And I said, well, can't we do anything? Of course, me, I'm always like, let's change, like, let me, I'll do it. I was like, well, <laughs> like, can we have something closer to like, LA. And she's like, well, do you want to do it? And I was like, fine, I'll do it. Like, I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. (laughs) I was like, I was just so annoyed that like they were calling it LA and it was so far away. And then Christina had sent me some info about Rising Tide. This is like when it was like so new when like, this was before like community over competition was a buzzword before, like when no one knew what Rising Tide was. And, and I thought, you know what, I'll try it. What, like, what the hell? And my first meeting had two people at it. Just two people. It was the three of us going like, let's talk about entrepreneurial things over coffee at this coffee shop downtown. Uh, But it grew, you know, we were able to grow the LA, uh, not market, but the LA chapter. You know, I started with two people. And by the time I I stepped down as a leader, we had over 2,500 in our Facebook group and we have easily 50 people coming to the meetups each month. It doesn't sound like a great percentage of the Facebook group uh, numbers, but it's hard to get people in LA to come out to things. So we felt really proud of that. Yeah, like the traffic is a fucking nightmare. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it is a nightmare. I when I, I I did some work out there years ago, and I rented. I think the very first time I rented a car, and I'm like, what am I doing? This was before Uber existed. Mm-hmm. And then when Uber came out, I'm like, well, I don't need a car. I'm going to Uber so I can work 
while I go to my meetings. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, I wish I had a driver. I would get so much more done if I had a driver. (laughs) Honestly, like it's the same reason I go to dry bar. They do my hair. I answer emails. Uh It's it's amazing. I know you think that. Uh I heard you say that on your podcast too. You're like, I go to dry bar and get my, and do my emails. I'm like, yeah, girl, that's what I do too. Yep. Yep. And my mom's like, you are so spoiled and you pay for convenience. I'm like, no mom, actually I'm making money while I'm getting my hair done. Right. And I'm paying for time. An hour. (laughs) Although my my husband did say to me once we were traveling to Chicago or he was in Chicago working and I went to visit him and I didn't pack a hair dryer because I knew that his, the apartment they had, the production had him up in was near a dry bar. Yeah. (laughs) So he picked it up from the airport. The first thing I said to him was, I have a dry bar appointment in an hour. Uh-huh. He, was, he literally looked at me and goes, do you know how to do your hair anymore? Have you lost the ability to do your own hair? I was like, hush, it's fine. I'm going to get it's, it done. Everyone's, everyone's happy. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. It is like the one thing that is my me time yes. once a week, but like not only is it my me time, but I get so much done. So, much so done. it's just, it's a better use of time. It is. And plus I don't like drying my hair. It's a pain in the ass. I have too much hair. There's too much of it. Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, I put us down so a tangent then, now about hair. Sorry, everyone. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's totally it's just how how our brains think. Um, so then, after growing Rising Tide mm-hmm. in LA, like I know that you've been part of ABC and and then WIPA, which yes. is probably new to some people. Like we still in the South don't really have WIPA's not huge. I feel oh. like. It's, bigger on the west coast maybe yeah i know we have a whippa in new orleans and one in atlanta but i think they're newer chapters whippa okay. socal has been around yeah. for uh, like 11 years like we're one of the we were the one i think we were the first chapter um yeah so gotcha. what ended up happening is as i was um growing rising tide you know rising tide is a nonprofit free uh meetup it's free networking and because it's free, there's not a, there's no budget. Like we have no, our, all of our resources are donated. So although I'm incredibly proud of the growth and I think we accomplished so many things with zero money, um, while I was building Rising Tide, uh, the gals from Association of Bridal Consultants in greater Los Angeles, they were re-energizing their board. They, they had kind of been like, um, it had been a chapter that was kind of underserved and they wanted to bring on some you know, fresh faces. And they asked me to be the education director, which is something that I love. Like education is my jam. Um, I love podcasts and courses. I'm always in a course. I'm always, edu- you know, I'm always learning myself and trying to educate others. And I have courses that I teach and like education is just my thing. So when they asked me to do that, I was like, absolutely. I, I will totally, you know, jump on board. And basically we created, um, the standards for the board, the future boards for ABC GLA, because there were, there weren't any, there just wasn't any like standards and practices. So we came in and I did that for a year. And that's, I did that in addition to running rising tide um, at the same, I did that at the same time. Rising tide at this point has several leaders because LA is so big. We, we ended up going by neighborhoods. So I wasn't leading it alone. I never had led it alone. We always had co-leaders. But I also, then I did ABC for a year. And then after that, um, WIPA, which is the Wedding International Professionals Association, came to me and said, would you like to be our vice president, knowing that that would lead to the presidency in 2020. And uh, literally just last night, I was sworn in as 2020 president. And it'll be, it won't be that. By the time you listen to this, it will be, had been months ago, but um, Congrats. Yeah. Thank That's you. Awesome. Yeah, I'm very excited. Awesome. So cool. So what are the differences? Like, um, is the focus 
a little bit different from Rising Tide, from ABC, from WIPA? Like, what are the, um, like, the, is the mission similar? Are the people similar? Are the outcomes similar? Like, what are the differences? For Obviously, I know. But, like, people who are listening <laughs> that don't know about our industry. And then even people that, you know, they're not in events, but my gosh, if you're an entrepreneur, you need to learn how to network people and you got to learn how to give back and be a productive volunteer, not just a body. Um, Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Like what are the differences in these? I would say, I mean, they're, I think they're all very different. I would say uh, rising tide is meant for any creative entrepreneur, so wedding industry or not. It happens to be, uh, especially in LA, a little wedding focused because everyone who runs it happens to be in the wedding industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't have to be so. And I'm sure certainly nationwide that isn't the case. Um, Rising Tide is, um, like I said, it's a nonprofit. No, you know, there's no ticket prices to attend. The, um, the ethos there is community over competition. And, you know, what that means, and I know it's become kind of a buzzword, in the last few years, which is great, but sometimes I talk to people about it and they say, well, that is a Pollyanna attitude, Renee. Of course there's competition. And that isn't actually what it means. We're not saying that there is no competition. What we're really talking about is that what the community can accomplish together is worth more than the spirit of saying, I'm not going to be friends with that person because they are my competition. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you from my own business, in the four years that I've been involved with Rising Tide and the fact that all the things we teach at Rising Tide really, really, really permeated into my cells and into my business. You know, some of my very best friends are other wedding planners in my market. And sometimes we do talk to the same consults, right? Sometimes we do talk to the same couples. Sometimes they book my friend and not me. Sometimes they book me and not my friend. It doesn't matter because there is enough work to go around. And at the end of the day, when that client is long gone, I still have my best friend who's also a wedding planner who also owns her own business and we support each other and we love each other. And of course, maybe there's a bump in the road every so often, but that our relationship is still greater than the competition would be. For sure, 100%, I believe that. And so Rising Tide tends to attract a newer business owner, although, you know, it's meant for everyone. Um, And Rising Tide is very education-based. So every month there is an educational topic. The meetups are centered around that topic. And it's like a conversation. It's like a powwow. It's not fancy. I always tell people, you know, come as you are, come in your sweatpants, we don't care. Because the, the thought there is we want you to make a real connection it's not about how many business cards you can pass around. It's about actually getting to know someone else. And then follow up. <laughs> and follow right? up. And, you know, hopefully you're making a connection that's, that's beyond like, well, what do you do? I'm a photographer. What do you do? I'm a florist. Like, hopefully you're talking about, I don't know, uh, your lives, like your dogs and your, what TV shows you like. And so they're making a better connection and you'll remember that person more. And then that's how the referrals come because it's everything we do is relationship-based. Everything. Everything. Like it's cool to, you know, to have a good website and have good social media and all of that. And, and yes, it does matter. But at the end of the day, still the, the events and the weddings that we do 99% of the time, if someone contacts us, it's because we had a relationship with somebody else that they know. Yep. So it, it just, it's like that all over the place. I feel like. Yeah. 
Um, I'll say with Association of Bridal Consultants, because it's, um, you know, bridal consultants, the focus was a little bit more on planners. So that when I was education director, all of the education was about how to be a better planner. Um, in LA, we have a handful of people who come that are not wedding planners. So, um, and we're open, of course, ABC is welcome to all. But um, I remember we, when I was education chair, we did an event that was like all the little tools that a wedding planner needs to know that maybe they're too embarrassed to say they don't know how to do, like tie a bow tie, fix a boutonniere, um, what happens if you have to, you know, officiate someone's wedding on the fly, like these sort of like um, put them in your back pocket, you know, tools. So, and that was a great event because, you know, no one knew how to tie a bow tie. <laughs> right. I still don't. I have to watch, like we have a wardrobe consultant. And so if people are having, I'm like, is this a clip-on tie or a real tie? And if they're like, we have real bow ties, I'm like, well then if, if you, do you know how to tie a bow tie? And then if they're like, yes, I'm like, can you show me or can you make a video? Cause I don't believe them. Right. And then I'm like, well, we pay a lady to come and tie everyone's bow tie because a, like, I don't have time to do it. And B, the last time I did it, I had to like watch a YouTube video and it took me like 30 minutes. And I mean, I figured it out, but it, yeah. it's just like, no, no, none of us know how to tie a bow tie. <laughs> the point. I, I have an assistant who was a costume designer. She knows how to tie a bow tie. She's the only one who with authority is like, just give it to me. Come here. Uh, but you know, the rest of us are watching that YouTube video. But it was just one of those, you know, ABC sort of focused on more planner, uh, planner centric things. And then with WIPA, you know, WIPA has a really strong code of ethics. So what WIPA is working on is kind of uh, getting rid of the kickbacks that sometimes happen in our industry mm -hmm. and um, sort of stepping forward with more standardized education, which is an ongoing process. But especially with WIPA in Southern California, we are very much um, committed to like being super aspirational um, place to come. Like when you come to our events, we're hopeful that you're seeing things you haven't seen before. Or you're having an experience at a venue that's new, or we're sort of trend forecasting as much as we can. Um, the, the nice thing about being in Los Angeles is that I think we sometimes are at the front of the trends. And so um, we tend, we tend to sort of lean into that a little bit more. So do you have like so now that you are president, mm. is there, like, do you have a, a focus for what you want to bring to the table for that organization for 2020? I do. What so is it? I do. So I think because of my background coming from Rising Tide, um, I'm really, uh, I'm just a big champion of the community. Like, how can we serve this community? Because it doesn't, it's not lost on me, like we said about LA, that when people come, they buy a ticket, they get dressed up, they come to our events, they are making a huge commitment to themselves and to their business to give us this time. And so how are we going to give back to them? How are we going to make that time worthwhile? It has to be with education. It has to be with something that hopefully inspires them beyond the event, but it has to also be with the quality of the community and knowing that the people in that room have their back. Um, and so my, my goal is to bring a lot more, uh, not friendliness, because that seems like, I don't know, sort of a, a cheesy a, a, yeah like a cheesy way to say it but you know sometimes WIPA gets a uh, at least in my market has gotten a bad reputation of being like clicky and snobby and like that's not my thing um mm. I my, my WIPA under my presidency uh, <laughs> that also sounds yeah. cheesy will be very open and inclusive and diverse um because LA is that way and yep. and we have to reflect the community that we're in absolutely 100 percent and you have a podcast too that you recently started. 
What is that all about? So I had a podcast for a year with a co-host that was called Rock Your Wedding Biz. It was very wedding like topic specific. Um, And we have like 50 something episodes of that out there for you in the the world. Um, But then I also, um, my co-host decided to not to pivot out of the wedding industry. And then I missed it. I missed this. Yeah. I like talking. So I literally named my (laughs) podcast Talk with Renee Dello, um, mostly because I wanted to be able to talk to people not just in the wedding industry, about wedding industry things. Um, you know, I love our industry and, and I love all the educators in our industry. They're so powerful and they're so knowledgeable. But I also think sometimes we get stuck talking to like the same 20 people over and over. Mm-hmm. And so with the podcast, I'm bringing in people that aren't just wedding specific, but who can speak to the things we need to develop in our own industry and in our own businesses, like a, a wellness coach or a public speaking coach or um, a confidence coach. They're not all coaches. I know I just said three coaches, but you know what I mean? Like people who people yeah. who are doing good work that just might not be on our radars all the time as wedding industry people. Well, and I don't know if, do you ever go to or speak at other conferences outside of our industry? Uh, I don't think, no, I actually haven't yet. And most okay. of my conference speaking has been within the wedding or event industry. Well, because I'm, I focus on technology heavily, like I'm like the tech nerd. And so I go to a lot of technology conferences, which has nothing to do with the creative industry whatsoever, but I learn a ton of stuff. And then, and then I'm always the one to like, I'm like, let's implement VR for, (laughs) for floor plan and like, let's do these weird things. And people are like, oh my God, what, what? changes are you bringing now? Um, I think some people are afraid sometimes when I come back from a conference, like especially tech (laughs) conference. But what I'm seeing is like the, our industry is almost a little behind in the Mm -hmm. tech space where people get very comfortable. Um, They want to work with some of the same people, which from a design perspective, like I get it. Like I prefer to work with the same people because um, it's like potty training (laughs) with with other people. It's not that they don't know what they're doing. They just don't know what our expectation is. And I'm I'm not in the point of my career of re-explaining it. Um, You can only do that so many times with a smile on your face and patience. It's like, pick up your fucking zip ties. Okay. Like I'm not going to oh, go behind you. Pick up your zip ties. <laughs> I mean, come on. I'm yeah. like, seriously? Like I'm not your mother. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, still like we were doing an install for a restaurant event the other night and I'm still like, pick up your effing zip ties. So it's just like, you can never get it through to people. And we were working with people that we don't normally work with, which is fine, but it just creates more work. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, what, what is your take on this whole, so when people say nonprofit, I know a lot of planners in our industry and a lot of entrepreneurs, they have this mindset of like cheap, no money. Um, First off, you got to have passion about what is the nonprofit for, I feel like. But Mm -hmm. what is your take on that? Because I know that, like you were saying earlier, I mean, starting something from nothing and and figuring out how to ask for things for free, but still giving value and returning value when you have no money. Like, so what is your take on that? So anybody that's listening, like when you, cause we get approached a lot, like, can you do this for nonprofit? Like mm-hmm. we have a budget, a philanthropic budget every mm-hmm. year. We do certain things for certain organizations. 
um, that are very near and dear to my family and my heart and something that, you know, personally affects my family is ALS. So that's a big thing that we do every year. Um, Does it help grow my business? Not necessarily. I mean, I do it for my sister, not for the business, but it's like, it doesn't matter to me how long it takes. And yes, I have to pay a little bit of money for labor, but it's a way for me to give back and help my family. So, but for you, I know that, you know, being on a board with that is nonprofit, like how can that actually help you grow your business? For me, it's all about the relationships. Um, because it, it's, it's like you, you can't always immediately say, well, I was served on this board and the ROI I got from serving on this board was $12,000, 400. No, it doesn't work that way. Right. But in my experience, what happens is, especially in a crowded market like Los Angeles, if you are someone who consistently shows up with integrity and serves your community and really presents your, you know, yourself the way you authentically are, right? There's no artifice. Um, the right people will be attracted to you. And furthermore, you'll be top of mind for people. So I've been referred, I mean, literally I'm sitting here thinking by literally everyone in Rising Tide, like by every, everyone in Rising Tide who come, used to come to my meetups has at one point referred me to someone for something. And if you follow the threads, um, I feel like that's sort of invaluable, that the being top of mind, the being seen as someone responsible, someone who you can rely on, um, someone who even might be an expert in certain situations. Um, it's all about the relationships. I will say, you know, when we were growing Rising Tide and like we had no money for venues and no, no money for anything, what was important is showing immense gratitude, right? And, and really saying to this venue manager, look, I know we can't pay you for this two hour meeting. Is there anything you need in your business right now that I can help you with? And sometimes it was like, oh, I'm really looking for a new web designer. I'm like, oh, I know a few people. And you make those connections. You send those emails. You put in a little time, a little like sweat equity with these people. Mm-hmm. And who knows? It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me if they've hired that web designer. But I connected them to something. I helped them with something in their business that they were having a struggle with. And if I couldn't help them directly, because I'm not a web designer, I knew who to connect them to. One of the most important things in, for me as a human is that I am a connector. I pay attention. I pay attention to everyone's Instagram. I pay attention to the people in my community. I pay attention to who moved where and who went to what venue and uh, who's working with who now. And so that when I see people, it's twofold, right? When I see people at networking events, I can say, oh my God, you were just in Arizona. How was it? And it's not creepy anymore because everybody does it on everyone else's mm-hmm. Instagram. Or I can say, hey, I saw you left the Fairmont Hotel. Where are you now? Oh, I'm over at the Pacific Design Center. Oh my God, do you know so-and-so? They used to work there. Actually, I took their job. They're now over blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right? Because that's how it works. Everyone's always venue hopping. Right. And you make those connections. And then five minutes later, when someone says, oh, have you talked to Kevin? I'm like, Kevin's at Pacific Design Center now. Oh my God, really? And then you're that person, right? Who is able to connect people. Because um, it can't always be about the money. And I, right. I, and I know that probably goes against, if you've ever heard me say anything else ever in the world, I'm always talking about money. <laughs> but um, well, just because I think women don't talk about money enough and we're all shy, right. shy about it. And we shouldn't be. But um, the relationships are worth more than that because the relationships are the long game. Absolutely. 100%. And, and speaking of time, what are your thoughts? Like how, how much of your time is like okay to donate? Like <laughs> where, 
sometimes like I, I was on another board. I won't mention where it was. It wasn't any of the boards that you're on. And, um, and being part of many boards over the years, it's like, again, I want to be the stupidest person in the room, not the smartest person in the room. And I haven't been the president of any of these organizations because I know how much work it is to be that leader and to show up consistently. And right now I just don't have the time for it. So if I can't commit to it, I'm not going to do it. But it's like a time suck sometimes to where it's like, this is not a good use of time. And I feel like even though there's 20 members on this board, I feel like I'm the only one doing the work sometimes. Like I don't do well in group projects all the time. Well, and that's true of so many entrepreneurs, right? I mean, I could say that yeah. for myself as well. Like I'm much more comfortable being the leader than I am being a cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I mean, I, I agree with you. It is a time suck. There's kind of no way around that depending on what your position is. But what I always hope to do with, ev with everyone on the board, including when I was like the education director, obviously not the president, is really get clear on like what my duties are. Mm -hmm. And first and foremost, make sure that I'm doing my job so that if someone else is dropping the ball, you can help them if you have the time. But I also firmly believe in like schedule blocking. Um, so every board I've ever served on, you know, whatever day we have our board call or like even for my podcast, like I only record my podcast on Mondays. That's mm -hmm. it. So if it's not a Monday, I know I'm not recording. I only do WIPA stuff, like hardcore, like planning WIPA stuff on Tuesdays. Um, and that's my morning on Tuesday. Like I really try to keep myself disciplined in that way because yep. it can sort of bleed into everything else. And at the end of the day, it is a volunteer position and you still have to, you know, pay your mortgage and, um, you know, certainly being president of WIPA is not going to pay my mortgage. Um, although I think some people think it's a paid position. It's not. <laughs> it really isn't. Last night, someone's like, congrats on the new job. And I was like, uh, uh... I, okay, yeah, thanks. I hope you, no one thinks I'm like making a million dollars doing this. But uh, I think no. too, it's um, get, surrounding yourself with the right people. And if there is someone on the board that is not pulling their weight, um, there needs to be a discussion about that, about, you know, why? how can we help? Is there things, are there things that we're asking you to do that you don't understand? Is that why you're not doing them? Like what is the behind the scenes of that? Um, but ultimately, I mean, surrounding yourself with the right people, I think is everything. Mm -hmm. uh, also, there's something I'm doing next year with the board that I hope I'll, I'll check back in with you in a few months and see how, if it works, but I'm yeah. a big believer in the Enneagram and the um, Myers-Briggs yes personality tests and so i'm making the entire board take both of them because i want to figure out how to best work with each of them and i think that's a a, a nice way to say like tell me who you are without having mm -hmm. to tell me all the things about your deep dark you know self yep. um because like i'm an enneagram three uh and i'm an entj which if you do the 16 personalities it's literally called the commander so yep. everyone anyone who knows me is now laughing because of course i'm a three and a commander <laughs> um but i but it's good to know if you have other people that are like-minded in your board or if you have someone totally the opposite right like you kind of have to meet people where they are absolutely my thing we do something called true colors which yes. actually was what i was teaching before you spoke at Wedding MBA and I brought, um, which I never use paper, but in this circumstance, I needed to pass out paper so people could take the little quiz. Yeah. I saw them then, doing it when I walked in. Yeah. And then do the numbers, but it was so like, that's probably one of my very favorite things to do because people, they have like these aha moments, like, mm -hmm. 
oh my God, this is the reason I don't get along with my kid or, oh my God, this is why <laughs> me and my husband or me and my partner or me and my mom. And yeah. you know, it's like, it, it, it actually has helped me <laughs> reframed so many times where I'm so thankful that my mom asked a million questions because she cares, not because she's annoying. Um, so it just like helps me constantly reframe to make sure that I am communicating with the right person and the right color. Mm -hmm. And so Enneagram is great. And so is Myers-Briggs. There's like culture index, there's strength finders, there's yes. all, I mean, and they all have a different message. Um, the one thing that I will say is a lot of them, it's like you kind of do it by yourself and then people intend to explain it with their board or their team or their coworkers, but then like they never get around to it. But like, that's the most important part. <laughs> right. Is the talking it's, about it with each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm like, you guys, you've got to understand, like it's a team building activity. Mm -hmm. And then also it helps to make sure that the gaps and the blind spots are filled with other colors or numbers or acronyms or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. I also think too, you know, just in talking about leadership in general, um, I think the best leaders that I know are the most self-aware. Mm -hmm. And also I, I firmly believe my job as president, my job as a leader is to create other leaders in whatever mm -hmm. way that, that serves that person. So if you're on a board that's maybe a little dysfunctional, um, maybe that's a, a way to sort of steer the ship into like, how can we create a board of 20, 20 leaders and whatever that means to that person? Because everyone has a different, you know, idea of what that is. Um, because you, you're not going to have a board of all, you know, ENTJs. You'd no. go crazy if that were the yes. case. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So how did you pick the name for your company, Moxie? Oh bright events. <laughs> it's silly, right? It's, it's so cute. Silly. I'm just um, wondering. So I, before I started my uh, wedding planning business, I actually had a wedding blog. It was not like a well-known blog, um, but instead of starting a business while I was planning all these other weddings, I wrote a blog about it. It was so silly when I look back, I'm like, I should have just started a business. I don't know what I was doing, but um, <laughs> the, the blog was called That Bride's Got Moxie. And I did that for years. I wrote that blog. And so when I started my wedding planning business, I had a mentor who sat down with me one day and I said, okay, I'm just going to call it like, well, at the time I was newly married. Right. So Renee Dallow was like, a, it, it seemed strange to me because that was my new name. Right. And I was like, I don't want to call it Renee Dallow events because that's, I mean, it's just barely my name. <laughs> right. And I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't feel right. And she, she said, well, you have to call it something with Moxie because everyone knows you as like everyone on people on the internet who know you know you was Moxie because they thought That's my name true. was Moxie. It's not. Oh my God. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, Moxie events was taken in San Diego and Seattle. There's so many Moxie events. So I was sitting with my mentor and we were just making like word sandwiches, like what sounds good with Moxie. Uh-huh. And she said, Bright Moxie. And I was like, no, that sounds like a cleaning agent. Like that sounds like like <laughs> It does. <laughs> right. And then I said, well, what about Moxie Bright? And she's like, oh, that actually flows a little bit better. And I was like, you know, that makes sense. Cause like mo we're kept Moxie's in there. Like I love the word Moxie and also like bright, like I'm probably not going to do like blush and bashful weddings. Although I have done a few, like my aesthetic is a little more like bold. I'm from New York. Yeah. So we just kind of sat with it and I don't know, I went home and started playing around with like, can I make my own logo? 
P.S. I hired someone because that's <laughs> my jam because I'm not a DIY anything person, but I like, played around with it and I was like, you know, I could live with this. And of course I thought like, okay, well, I'll start with this. And if it doesn't take off, you know, who knows, I can always change it in a few years if I want to. Um, but now I just love it. I just, I, I like that it's not named after me. Um, yeah. And so, but yeah. then I named my education brand after me because I could, I was like, that makes sense. It's just me talking about things. But yeah, Moxie Bright came from the, uh, initially from the blog. Yeah. So really, I mean, even before you started your event business, like you said, I mean, at the heart, you were writing and providing content and providing education. And I mean, you speak and you coach and you have classes and courses and do you have books and you've got podcasts? No, I haven't written a book yet. And if my husband hears this, he's going to start yelling, write a book of like, in what free time would I write a book? Uh, it's right. funny when I got, when I, the first year I went to wedding MBA, because I auditioned and then they invited me to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, that year I was the only new wedding planner speaker. Oh. And they said, uh, here, you know, here are the specifics and then we'll give you a booth and you can sell your books and stuff. And I mm -hmm. laughed and Shannon said, what, what's so funny? And I was like, a book, I don't have a book. Like, and then I thought, oh my God, everyone else has a book. Um, and that first year I literally walked around the expo floor going like, oh my God, everyone else has a book. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's the only reason I started is because I got asked to speak somewhere. It actually wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with the wedding industry years ago. And they, they're like, please send us uh, a copy of your ebook so that we can review that. And we give those out. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a book. And they're like, oh, well then you can't be a speaker. <gasps> and I'm, yeah. And so it was like a prerequisite, which I didn't know that. I'm like, you reached out to me. I yeah. didn't ask you. And at the time I just hired an, a branding manager so that we could really focus on like the branding and what we were doing and the next year. And he's like, Angela, you have so many videos. He's like, I, he's like, if you can afford it and just pay X amount of dollars, I can give all your videos to an editor and she can pump you out a tips book in 30 days. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. Really? So I'm like, okay. So I went back to that organization. I'm like, Hey, I'll have a book in 30 days. And I did. It was like, but it was a tips book, but it's fun because every single year, I mean, we do video tips and then I just, that, that same person listens. And then we have a tips book or a flare, floor plan book. So it's like content that is already there. Mm -hmm. That's like my whole like wash, rinse, repeat. And I mean, again, you do have to budget for it in your marketing budget we don't really sell books. Like that's not, we're not going to make money off a bunch of books, but it's a great conversation starter. It's a great lead magnet. It's a great giveaway so that when you are, you know, asked to speak, they're like, can you give something to our audience? Um, and so maybe your podcast, you could like give it to an editor because there's no way that I could have ever, I, I still like don't do any of my own books because it wouldn't happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but you could give your podcasts like Tim Ferriss did that recently where he had an editor go through all of his podcasts and he made this huge book from it. And because some people, they like to read, they don't like to yeah. listen and they don't like video. That's definitely not me. Um, but they learn by actually reading and yeah. so, like the, the green people in true colors, like they love analytics and they just, they need to read. 
Um, I have one girl on my team who's, who's super high green and she's like, you send me these videos explaining things and can you please just put them in, put it in writing. And so I'm like, I don't have time for that shit. So I went and found a free app where I can download my video into the app and then Mm -hmm. it types it for me. Like a transcript. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. 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 So it's just like, it's a great way again to just like rinse, wash, repeat. It's like, if you just say it once, I don't like to repeat myself. Um, but I actually, it's funny. I didn't, um, take any books this year, this past year to wedding MBA because I was traveling from somewhere else. And I will say it is heavy if you're not going to ship them ahead of time. Um, and that's one reason I did get pins for everybody so that they could write out on the little quiz. Cause not everybody carries a pen. I normally don't have a pen and I did have them shipped to the hotel so that they were freaking heavy. (laughs) No, they're heavy. We did lip gloss at the, uh, like lip, like chapstick because the convention center is so dry. And, uh, even those were, I mean, we had them in our suitcase because we flew from LA because it's so close, but my husband's like, what is in this suitcase? I'm like, it's all the chapstick. Yep. I like a little swag. I like, I like a branded pen, frankly. Uh Uh-huh. I think they're cool. I know people have different opinions, but I think the pens are cool. You can always, I mean, there, there's always a need for it, like no matter what, but a lot of the girls who know me, they walked in, they're like paper and pen. What did someone drug you? I'm like, well, to do this exercise, you really do need these tools. So yeah. And sometimes like, don't they say scientifically, like you get more out of the information Mm -hmm. if you're writing it down. So for something like the personality, like the colors, like you need to sort of be able to dig in and like scratch things on paper. Like there's a different psychology to that. Yep. Totally. Like totally. I mean, it's so, I mean, even when I'm doing strategy, I whiteboard everything out. Like I need to see it because mm-hmm. I'm so visual. And then, you know, then we'll take pictures and type it out in a Google doc and take a video and then erase it all. Um, but it's, it, there's definitely something about writing it and being visual but my thing is like, if you're going to write it down and if it's a task to do, you can't delegate that post-it note <laughs> unless you take a picture and send it. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's finding what works for you. Speaking of technology, like, are there any um, softwares or things that you would recommend to our, the, just the creative industry that you have, it's that have been like life-changing for your business? Uh, I really like, um, Asana, Asana, Uh I never know how to say it. Asana, Asana. I don't know. We use it for my podcast. We use it for the back end of the business. We use it for the education brand. We use it for upcoming courses. Like my whole life is in Asana and I like that they have an app. So if I'm on the go, I can jot something down and my assistant can see it. And, um, she's like a godsend, get an assistant immediately. Yes. (laughs) I know that sounds like very first world problem or whatever, privileged answer, but, um, I, I waited so long to get a virtual assistant. I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, I can't do it. Yeah. She saves my life on a daily basis. Get yourself a virtual assistant. Even if, you know, you don't have to be someone who's goes to your office every day, but just that there's someone out in the world who's like working on my stuff when I'm with clients is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for all my wedding planning stuff, I'm a big, I'm an aisle planner. So I've been with aisle planner since 2015 and I, I just love them. So about, a VA. Yes. I have a lot of friends that they're like, oh, I'm just going to hire a VA and they're going to solve all my problems. Um, when you hired someone, did you have processes in place and you 
brought him or her up to speed or did they say to you like, Hey, I've used these processes and you like figured it out together? Uh, a little of both. I, I got my VA because I needed help with my educational stuff, my mm -hmm. educational brand, because we have courses and students. And, you know, when you launch a course, um, anyone listening who wants to launch a course, you really don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how many people you'll have or if anyone will even enroll. And so when I, when I started my course um, in conjunction with the first time I spoke at Wedding MBA, I literally went into it thinking like, let's see what happens. And pretty quickly we had like a hundred students, which means there are a hundred people who were looking at me going like, we want things from you, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. like in a positive way. But then I also had so many weddings uh, this year that I didn't leave enough, a lot of margin, right? So when I looked for my virtual assistant, I really needed her to have the skills on the platforms that I was using. So I needed her to know things like Kajabi, which is not a usual platform mm -hmm. that people know. Um, I, I use Kajabi. Her, I love I it. I love Kajabi. But when I say Kajabi to other people, they're like, excuse me, bless you. Like uh -huh. they don't know what I'm talking about, right? Right. So I, I, I'm like, you need to know Kajabi. You need to know Stripe. You need to know Canva, Constant yep. Contact. Like these are, you know, higher level um, programs. Yep. So when she came in, she had a working knowledge of those things, but then she taught me a lot about how to use them better. And then I taught her a lot about how my brain works. <laughs> Good. That's awesome. And, and the things that I was like, okay, you, if you're going to do it that way, that's fine. My brain doesn't work that way. Here's how I've been doing it. And sometimes she'd say, okay, there's an easier way. We're going to start doing it this way. Or sometimes mm -hmm. I go, you know what? That's yours now. You get to do that. And I don't have to I'm done. care about it anymore. Um, yep. But it, it went both ways. I mean, I, um, I think I certainly am more creative brained that, than I am like uh, systems brained. And so a lot of the systems that, uh, that she's put in place have very much helped me. And, you know, I'm not in a position to like, to challenge those, right? I'm like, if it's working, mm -hmm. we're going to keep going. I'm not, I'm not a person who's going to like tinker with something that's working just fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, it, I just find it crazy because I'll ask these people that are complaining about their VAs and I'm like, but have you like been through like a process training or figured out like you can't just give them a bunch of tasks without them understanding like how your brain works. So yeah. it's just, um, it's crazy to me because they can be so effective, like so effective if, if they're given the right tools and they're yeah, communicating. And my VA is like a genius. Like I honestly think she's like, I'm like, you're like a Mensa level genius. Like she writes emails for me and they're better than what I would have written. That's awesome. And I, I mean, and I'm a writer. So when I, the first time she ever wrote one for me, I was like, mm, let's see what this is. And then I read it and was like, oh, come on, really? This is amazing. <laughs> and I changed like two things. And she was like, did you like it? And I was like, uh, I already sent it out. <laughs> yeah. like, it's done. So I don't know. I think you have to find the right fit, but I agree with you. You do have to have an onboarding process or at least, um, you know, we have a weekly conversation. She and I, we have like 30 minutes um, where I just go over like what we're doing for the week, where my brain is. Um, if I'm, you know, I'll tell her if I'm having a particularly shitty week, I'll be like, listen, yeah. this happened and it's shitty and I'm not going to be on top of things this week. And so just do these, just do the things we always do and we'll get back to the projects next week or whatever, you know? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we're people and mm -hmm. we're human and, you know, every, every business owner has the good, the good weeks and the not so good weeks. And uh, you just have to have someone there in your corner. And that's what my VA feels like to me. It feels like she's in my corner which is awesome. And yeah. she's got your back. So yeah. that's amazing. Well, if people want to connect with you or listen to your podcast or check out your courses, where should they go? 
So you can find the podcast anywhere the podcasts are. It's called Talk with Renee Dallow. Um, I mostly hang out on Instagram. I'm at Moxie Bright Events. That's my main account. Um, it's both wedding planning and education stuff. But then the podcast has its own account called Talk with Renee Dallow. Um, all the education stuff lives on ReneeDallow.com. All the wedding planning stuff on MoxieBrightEvents.com. Love it. Well, thank you so much for all of your insight. And for those of you that are not in any associations, take the time, do a little bit of research, find one that's right for you. And it may take a few before you find the perfect fit. And then if you're passionate about it and you're getting value and giving value, consider being on a committee or serving on a board. Like you said, it's all about relationships. It can be extremely rewarding. And I always get something out of being part of all of these associations that are out there for creatives. So thank you so much, Renee. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. This was great. And everybody, thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to tune in next week to another episode of Business Unveiled. Y'all have a great day. Bye. Now that you have all the tools you need to conquer the world in GSD, just share this with your friends and your fellow GSD leaders. And be sure you're a subscriber so you never miss the juicy details of Business Unveiled. And you can ask Siri to listen to the latest episode, but you got to be a subscriber. Before I go, I have a huge favor to ask, and it would mean the world to me. While you're listening, snap a quick screenshot, post it to your Instagram story, tag me at gsdleader underscore, and share with me your top takeaway from this episode and how it relates to you. Until next time, remember, stay productive and profitable. Are y'all ready for a giveaway? I love giveaways. Now listen closely. To enter this contest, you've got to be sure that you listen to every episode of Business Unveiled because once a month, we will be posting a question to our Instagram story about one of the episodes, but it's going to be up to you to submit the answer. So share the question to your story and tag two friends that you want to invite to GSD. Then we're going to choose a GSD leader at random who answered the question correctly and send you your very own I am a GSD leader t-shirt so you can wear it proud and show the world. So don't miss out. Be sure that you are a follower on our Instagram at GSD leader underscore. You've been listening to Business Unveiled with Angela Profit. Join us next time as we share our experiences to help you be more productive and profitable in your creative business. For more great resources, visit AngelaProfit.com.